Good day to you all, dear ones, and welcome to this 22nd day of February. It is day 53 in our journey through the Bible. Hello to everyone out there. My name is Hunter. I am your brother and Bible reading coach. And if you're new here today and you're looking for a one-year Bible reading podcast, well, you've found the right place. That is indeed what we do, but we try and do more than that. Our desire is to be transformed by the God who is love. This is not an exercise in getting through the pages of the scriptures. Instead, we desire to open our hearts to the person that the scriptures point to. The scriptures speak of Jesus, and so we come because he's drawn us here. You are here together today with sisters and brothers from all around the world who are warming their hearts by the fires of God's love. For that indeed is who he is. And today our scriptures begin in Numbers chapters 10 and 11. Then we go on to Psalm 27 and we'll finish in Mark's gospel chapter 1. This is the word of the Lord. Numbers chapter 10. Now the Lord said to Moses, Make two trumpets of hammered silver for calling the community to assemble and for signaling the breaking of camp. When both trumpets are blown, everyone must gather before you at the entrance of the tabernacle. But if only one trumpet is blown, then only the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, must present themselves to you. When you sound the signal to move on, the tribes camped on the east side of the tabernacle must break camp and move forward. When you sound the signal a second time, the tribes camped on the south will follow. You must sound short blast as the signal for moving on. But when you call the people to assemble, blow the trumpets with a different signal. Only the priests, Aaron's descendants, are allowed to blow the trumpets. This is a permanent law for you to be observed from generation to generation. When you arrive in your own land and go to war against your enemies who attack you, sound the alarm with the trumpets. Then the Lord your God will remember you and rescue you from your enemies. Blow the trumpets in times of gladness too, sounding them at your annual festivals and at the beginning of each month, and blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and peace offerings. The trumpets will remind your God of his covenant with you. I am the Lord your God. In the second year after Israel's departure from Egypt, on the twentieth day of the second month, the cloud lifted from the tabernacle of the covenant, So the Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and traveled on from place to place until the clouds stopped in the wilderness of Paran. When the people set out for the first time, following the instructions the Lord had given through Moses, Judah's troops led the way. They marched behind their banner, and their leader was Nahashon, son of Amminadab. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Issachar, led by Nathanael, son of Zuar, and the troops of the tribe of Zebulun, led by Eliab, son of Helon. Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the Gershonites and Maronite divisions of the Levites were next in the line of march carrying the tabernacle with them. Reuben's troops went next, marching behind their banner. Their leader was Elizer, son of Shadur. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Simeon, led by Shelemuel, son of Zerashadai, and the troops of the tribe of Gad, led by Eliasaph, son of Duel. Next came the Korathite division of the Levites, carrying the sacred objects from the tabernacle. Before they arrived at the next camp, the tabernacle would already be set up at its new location. Ephraim's troops went next, marching behind their banner. Their leader was Elishamah, son of Amihud. 
They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Manasseh, led by Gamaliel, son of Padahuzer, and the troops of the tribe of Benjamin, led by Abidan, son of Gideoni. Dan's troops went last, marching behind their banner and serving as the rear guard for all the tribal camps. Their leader was Ahieser, son of Amashadai. They were joined by the troops of the tribe of Asher, led by Pagiel, son of Okran, and the troops of the tribe of Naphtali, led by Ahira, son of Enon. This was the order in which the Israelites marched, division by division. One day Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hobab, son of Reuel the Midianite, We are on our way to the place the Lord promised us, for he said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, for the Lord has promised wonderful blessings for Israel. But Hobab replied, No, I will not go. I must return to my own land and family. Please don't leave us, Moses pleaded. You know the places in the wilderness where we should camp. Come be our guide. If you do, we'll share with you all the blessings the Lord gives us. They marched for three days after leaving the mountain of the Lord, with the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moving ahead of them to show them where to stop and rest. As they moved on each day, the cloud of the Lord hovered over them. And whenever the ark set out, Moses would shout, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let them flee before you. And when the ark was set down, he would say, Return, O Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. Numbers 11 Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them. And he set a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people screamed to Moses for help, and when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Taberah, which means the place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Then the foreign rabble who had traveled with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt, and the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt, and we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever eat is this manna. The manna looked like small coriander seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills and pounding it with mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot and made it into flat cakes. These cakes tasted like pastries baked with olive oil. The manna came down on the camp with the dew during the night. Moses heard all the families standing in the doorways of their tents whining, and the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also very aggravated, and Moses said to the Lord, Why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, saying, Give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. If this is how you intend to treat me, go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this misery. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather before me seventy men who are recognized as elders, leaders of Israel. Bring them to the tabernacle to stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there. I will take some of the spirit that is in you, and I will put that spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you, so you will not have to carry it all alone. And say to the people, 
Purify yourselves, for tomorrow you will have meat to eat. You were whining, and the Lord heard you when you cried, Oh, for some meat. We were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will have to eat it. And it won't be just for a day or two, or for five or ten or even twenty. You will eat it for a whole month until you gag and are sick of it. For you have rejected the Lord who is here among you, and you have whined to him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses responded to the Lord, There are six hundred thousand foot soldiers here with me, and yet you say, I will give them meat for a whole month? Even if we butchered all our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? Then the Lord said to Moses, Has my arm lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. So Moses went out and reported the Lord's words to the people. He gathered the seventy elders and stationed them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Then he gave the seventy elders the same spirit that was upon Moses. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied. But this never happened again. Two men, Eldad and Medad, had stayed behind in the camp. They were listed among the elders, and they had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet the Spirit rested on them as well, so they prophesied there in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' assistant since his youth, protested, Moses, my master, make them stop. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his Spirit upon them all. Then Moses returned to the camp with the elders of Israel. Now the Lord sent a wind that brought quail from the east and let them fall all around the camp. For miles in every direction there were quail flying about three feet above the ground. So people went out and caught quail all that day and throughout the night and all the next day too. No one gathered less than fifty bushels. They spread the quail all around the camp to dry. But while they were gorging themselves on the meat, while it was still in their mouths, the anger of the Lord blazed against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. So that place was called Kibirov Hatava, which means graves of gluttony, because there they buried the people who craved the meat of Egypt. From Kibiroth Hatava, the Israelites traveled to Hazaroth, where they stayed for some time. Psalm 27, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord... The thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. 
My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me. O God of my salvation, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. And every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Mark chapter 1. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John, and when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven with coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locust and wild honey. John announced, "'Someone's coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit.'" One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for forty days. He was out among the wild animals, and angels took care of him. Later on, when John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this, they asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. 
After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening, after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went to find him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, We must go on to the other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared, and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went away and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result... Large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. And now may our Lord Jesus, who sees us and heals us, may he now give his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Joshua is not too sure about these 70 people who've received the Spirit of God the same way that Moses has received it. But there's no question in Moses' mind, he wanted all God's people to have what he had. Jesus says in Luke's Gospel that the Spirit of God was upon him to preach the good news to the poor. In the power of the Spirit, he's bringing the message of life to the whole world. Because Jesus wants all people to have what he has. That's what we see here in Mark. He's talking to fishermen, to the sick, to the poor, to the demon-possessed, to lepers. He's announcing it to the whole world, regardless of who they are. In fact, Mark tells us that the multitudes were gathered at the door, ready to receive healing, deliverance, freedom from Jesus. And he's doing all this because he wants you and me and the whole world to have what he has. The loving relationship that he shares with his Father. Inclusion into the very life of God. This is what he means when he says, Good news, people. The kingdom of God is here. It means Jesus has come to give not just men like Moses or the 70 elders a glimpse or a taste of union with God, He's come to completely embrace us, to immerse us in the triune life of God, 
in the life and love that is shared with the Father and the Spirit. So the good news for us today is that Jesus has done this and that you have been enveloped into his very life. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Because Jesus came, he took on flesh, he was baptized in the Jordan River, which is a picture of his baptism into our humanity. And there he assumed all human flesh. He took upon himself the human race upon his shoulders, and he was crucified on our behalf in order to free us from the curse of sin, death, and the grave, in order to heal us and make us new. And he did all of this because he wants you to have what he has. He wants you to know his love. And today, perhaps we can see that a little bit more. Perhaps God will use these scriptures that we've just read, that we might live in the joy of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the prayer that I have for my own soul. That's the prayer that I have for my family, for my wife and my daughters and my son. And that's the prayer that I have for you. May it be so. Let's continue now in a time of prayer. Feel free to read along with these prayers in the show notes of today's podcast and meditate on these words that are being spoken over you, your family, and our world. And now, let us pray. Lord God, Almighty and Everlasting Father, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we might not fall into sin or be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far and those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you Bring the nations into your fold, pour out your Spirit on all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Lord, grant that I might not seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in the giving that we receive, in the pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in the dying that we are born unto eternal life. Amen. And now as our Lord has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to thank you for joining me today in our time through the scriptures and in prayer. I also want to ask a favor of you. Will you like, share, follow, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening? Be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even YouTube. Yes, all the many places where you listen to this podcast. That very simple act of liking or sharing and following and subscribing, all that stuff makes a big difference. It helps this podcast to find its way into the feeds of others. Others who are looking for a community and an experience like this. So be an ambassador of the DRB today and like, follow, share, and subscribe. And while you're in that sign up kind of mode, we have two emails that we would love for you to get. One is a monthly email and the other is a daily email. The monthly fills you in on the latest happenings and the whatnots of Heather and myself and the DRB community, we try to bless you in that monthly email. We try to encourage you. We try to give you something. And the daily email is a tool that helps you to stay on track every day. In that email, you'll receive a link to the day's podcast, a summary of the day, the scriptures for the day, and it'll just keep you going day to day. So check it out. You can sign up for both of those at the webpage, dailyradiobible.com, or right in the show notes of today's podcast. Well, hey, we've done it. We've done it again. We've spent another day in the Bible, and your brother Hunter plans on being back here again tomorrow to do the same. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I plan on being here. Until that time, let's go forward in God's joy. Let's let his joy be our strength. Let us always remember this, that you are loved, no doubt about it. Alrighty, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Guys, take care.